0: Welcome to the Softland Central podcast, your home for market entry knowledge and resources. Softland Central is brought to you by Softland Partners, an online marketplace to help you find best fit resources for your market entry. Find them at softlandpartners.com. Hi, and welcome to the Softland Central podcast. Uh, It's great to have you today. And today we're gonna be talking about uh, Victoria, Australia, and particularly companies coming from Victoria, Australia to, uh, to the US and we're visited and joined by uh, Brian Carnahan with uh, the Victorian Australia government. Uh, welcome, Brian. Uh,
1: thank you, Bill. It's a uh, pleasure to be able to speak with you about this today. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. So uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, our, our listeners, our viewers are, are uh, entrepreneurs and uh, professionals who either are crossing borders or helping companies mm-hmm. cross borders. And so, you know, a lot of what we, we like to discover is not only, you know, kind of about you and your work, but also uh, kind of learn best practices. So if you don't mind, it just if you wouldn't, uh, if you would, tell us a little bit about your work and yeah, you know, what the Victorian government does to support uh, companies that are are coming into the U.S.
1: Uh, sure, Bill. Uh, and I've been again, like I said, I've been doing this now for about fourteen years with the uh, with the Victorian government, and a few years before that with the Commonwealth Government of uh, Australia. Um, and so, our main objective with companies coming into the U.S. is, I mean, we certainly have got a lot of similarities here in, in the U.S. as far as a business environment uh, as what they have in Australia. But there's certainly a lot of differences that we help companies prepare for and have those types of conversations. Um, so a lot of it is advice on the U.S. market where they might be able to interact, uh, where they can have some successes, and then also you know business practices about what they can do to better uh, facilitate their connections here here in the US. So it's a lot of advice. Now, of course, the Victorian government also has grant programs that are available for companies in, in, in mark, coming into a, a new market international, not just the, the US market in Canada, but also all across the globe. We have a large network of offices like ours here in San Francisco. Um. So there are grant programs uh, available for companies to grab onto um, to be able to enhance their their outreach into an international market. Uh, we also will facilitate uh, trade missions in particular industries to help those companies be introduced to an international market and help them facilitate, you know, the connections that they need need in market. So from a financial standpoint, there's those grants that are definitely available. And most of those though, are administered out of Melbourne, certainly across that. But uh, a lot of it's about working with the companies, finding out what their objectives are, uh, where they are from a business cycle. And companies are gonna be all across the board. We have a lot of young entrepreneurs that are coming into Silicon Valley here in San Francisco, or, or headed to New York or Los Angeles for some of those uh, technical uh communities and uh, so we also have companies that are quite large especially in the biopharma space that do a lot of business already Um, so we'll have the conversations with them find out where they are in their business cycle find out what they're trying to achieve with their next step and then it's really a bespoke type of a engagement with them trying to help them understand and make connections uh, to to get them to from point a to point b whatever those two points in their business cycle are
0: Wow, so it sounds like there's a fair amount of um, uh, needs assessment that's done and you obviously evolve the service uh, and and what you do based on uh, the direct needs of of the companies. Are there, uh, obviously, uh, Victoria has some really strong industries Mm -hmm. and you you mentioned biopharma um, and obviously going to Silicon Valley and New York, there's probably FinTech and so on, but what are the the industries that you're seeing uh, the most uh, interest in U.S. expansion in?
1: Well, it is across the board, and I'm very much a generalist. So at the at the moment, I'm working across all industries. So I've got a pretty good insight into that, and biopharma by, it, it is a lot. Uh, of the interaction with the companies just because of the similar in the, uh, in the types of industries down there. That being said, also defense and aerospace, uh, we have a specialist out of our Washington DC office and aerospace and defense because of the close collaboration between Australia and, and the U S there's a lot of companies that are doing business in that in a, in a, in a variety of different ways. Um, anything tech related um, uh, because Melbourne's a very vibrant tech Community. So we see a lot of young entrepreneurs wanting to engage here in the U.S. So a lot of times they're looking for uh, not only venture partners, but also sometimes uh, uh, just partners as far as collaborating to get into their their particular uh, in sector. And it can be fintech, it can be ag tech, whatever whatever it is. with the tech behind it is pretty much a, um, a good spot for companies coming in, coming into the U.S. That being said, we also do a lot of fun industries like uh, food and beverage. Uh, mostly wine. There's a lot of wine coming from uh, Australia and into the into the U.S. We have some really nice Victorian wines that have had some really nice spots here in the U.S. to to uh, make some expansion, that type of thing. And they're really, you know, really nice wines. And that's kind of a fun industry when you're out talking with people, that type of thing. Much different than, a, than tech or biopharma. Um, but also in the food space, you know, there's a lot of unique niche. Food products coming out of Australia that are that have a lot of interest here in the U.S. Uh, as far as you know, consumer goods, beauty and wellness products also have a have a pretty good niche here. And we have some uh, fairly large companies in that in that space that are coming into the U.S. So I, I tell companies when I do presentations, it's it's almost any industry that has some in australia that where they've had success there's probably a niche here in the u.s that they can approach as long as they have a value and a differentiation from the from the products here uh, they're not going to come and uh, compete on a price basis in most cases so really it's in most industries if they have that value and a product that has differentiation from what's available here already. They probably have some opportunities in the U.S. We just have to go out and find where they are.
0: Hmm. That's fantastic. So, um, I, you obviously have been doing this for a while, both with uh, the Australian government and now the Victorian government. And I'm sure you've seen a real continuum in terms of the you know the companies that ex- expand well and successfully and and sort of scale. Uh, as they enter the U.S. Um, and, the, and then those that are, are more challenged, what are what would you say are some of the attributes or habits or circumstances that allow the companies um, that um, are ultimately successful in their expansion versus those that may not uh, do quite as well?
1: Well, yeah, there there is a big differentiation in companies that have a high degree of success and some that that, that don't have that same success and a lot of it has to do with uh getting a good business plan in place because a company coming to to the u.s isn't generally going to make a, a great impact within the first year sometimes it's even two to three years so they have to have a business plan where they are funding themselves for uh anywhere from two to five years for them to, to see success and then also part of that is they have to have a commitment for uh, for time uh, so the founders or somebody from the organization needs to be here uh, in, in the U.S. and Canada to be able to expand that business. And even if they're looking and they find a, a partner or a distributor or somebody that takes on their products, they still there's a big time commitment because they want to make sure that that, uh, that partner is on message with what they're trying to deliver. Um, because if you find a, a distributor that's excited about it, but they're not delivering your message, it can cause some, cause some issues. So it's really that time commitment by companies and and taking a proactive stance to pushing their company to be successful. Um, companies that maybe find a partner depend upon that partner to do everything for them can face some challenges if that partner is not on, on message. So it is a time commitment. And that time commitment is a financial commitment also. And if they have... Uh, uh, a financial commitment that's only going to last two years—they may be disappointed, uh, you know. Because we've seen some companies that are here, uh, you know, five to ten years, and have some really huge success. We had a company, A Connects, uh, which actually you now this is probably ten years ago they came into the U.S. market, and uh, they they were very aggressive, and their founders were aggressive, and they put someone in market, and they developed uh, the product. Um, and it was a software as a service type of a thing in the construction industry. Uh, but they committed to it and they spent the time to do that. And then they had a, a billion dollar access by, by Oracle a couple of years ago. So again, it's that time commitment and budget commitment uh, to the US um, in order to be successful. And that's that's I really see that as a difference between some companies. It, it's hard to fly in and fly out, you know, once or twice a year and be successful here.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, the image that came up in my head as you were um, talking about sort of dedicated time uh, and also the sort of urgency to to get going. Um, uh, it, I always think of it almost like an hourglass where the sand is, is going down. And I think, you know, most people that talk about international expansion, at, at least what I hear, I hear a lot about, you know, we gotta have funding that, you know, you gotta have the right team. Um, but, uh, you know, I think in, to highlight really what you what I heard from you is is that it's also, how, how do you use your time? How do you leverage your time? Um, be, uh, and and the, way, uh, the way I guess I've seen it over time is that, um, you know, the, the commitment of whether it's the investors or the people you hire in market or your team that's supporting them, uh, you know, from Australia, any of the, you know, whether it's clients or whatnot, but that that whole sort of community that you've built that's sort of supporting that uh, expansion uh, are only committed for a certain amount of time. And and it's different with each of them. The salespeople, if they don't see some success, obviously their, their income is variable. They'll go, as you know, the, the sales market is so competitive here. They'll go find something that you know, we'll reward them better. And, and the investors are the same and so on. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult formula to sort of figure out the balance between, um, it seems like the urgency of it. Um, and also, you know, sort of quality execution and, and, and so on. But yeah, no, there is a, uh, I suppose, a finite timeline for, um, for success to just to keep the whole uh, sort of support network together.
1: Yeah, it is. And that that kind of comes back to that time commitment. You know, they have Mm -hmm. to have somebody in market following up on that. If your salespeople aren't making sales and aren't making money from that, they are, they're going to go someplace else. So, you know, what's that, that comes down to training the salespeople on the, on the product or even sales training, whatever that might be. It's just a commitment uh, to that success. And then again, not depending on anybody else. Um, If a company coming across, you know, from Australia, which is a long distance, you can't really depend on somebody else for your success, um, at least initially, uh, unless you find that a really, really good partner to do that type of thing. And even that case, you have to get that partner at the right spot for them to be successful and also give them the right incentives to be to be successful. Um, Because sometimes the margins are a little bit higher here, depending on what the product is that you have to give away for that success, but uh, it's just, that's part of doing business and that's something you have to learn by, by being here and committed to, uh, to growing your company.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. So uh, one last question is, um, are there any particular resources that you're looking for that would help um, any of the uh, companies that you're working with coming into the US market?
1: Well, yeah, actually, resources are a, are a big thing because we're a relatively small uh, office here in the in the US at, at the point. As I said, I'm a generalist, so I rely on um, service providers to provide a lot of different types of resources to me and to our companies. Um, I, I can't even begin to be an expert in biopharma and mining and tech companies, and I I just I'm not I'm unfortunately I'm not quite that smart but I will reach out and my job is I build networks for our companies. So if I get a company regardless of what industry are and they come to me, we find out where they are, where they need to be, and then I will connect them to a network that I've built up to actually help them get to that point a, a network of ex, of uh, experienced ex, execs um, so it includes attorneys it includes, uh, uh, immigration attorneys it can choose business attorneys and uh, all the different types of things, you know, 3PL organizations that they've got to connect with. And so the resources that I look for are those networks of service providers that can help our companies coming across because we can help more that way. So we, I leverage as much of those types of things as, as possible. And, uh, that's what I commit to, to the companies that I talk with. That so I might know, not know exactly where you need to be or what you're doing, but I'll commit to finding a network that will help you get to that point.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, the, um, that's such uh, great wisdom. We we've had a, a, a bunch of successful, uh, founders who have internationalized, uh, on our podcast mm-hmm. over time and, um, and that uh, you know, a hundred percent of those we've interviewed have said the number one success factor for them was uh, the networks they were able to tap mm-hmm. into and create um, uh, when they were expanding, and uh, in, in the ability to uh, um, to you know connect whether it was just resources or information that yep. somehow really helped them uh, expand yep. successfully. So yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. really really is very aligned with what we hear as well.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I'll give a plug to Softland Partners. It's a great place place to meet a lot of those types of uh, uh, resources that I'm actually looking for, and probably other economic development agencies looking for also.
0: That's uh, very kind. Um, well, Brian, this has been fantastic, and, and thank you for taking uh, your time. and I'll make sure we put uh, a link to uh, your agency and also uh, your email in the footer too, so if folks want to reach out or they. Uh, have uh, interest in coming from Victoria to the to the U.S. and and so on uh, that they can get a hold of you.
1: Great, I, pre- I appreciate that, Bill. Thank you for the time.
0: Oh, uh, thank you very much. And uh, to our our viewers, make sure that you like and subscribe and uh, come back for more interesting conversations.